0: It's the October twenty fifth, twenty nineteen episode of Weekly Signals Meltdown, broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI eighty eight point nine FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan, and I'm Mike Caspar. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He there is. he is. What is it, Mahler? What you got for me, boy? What is it? What is it? What is it? Yeah. I don't know. What's that? You want an introduction this time? He wants an introduction. And as always, the guardian of the border wall between Mexico and Colorado, Mahler, the fake news dog. That's right. Today, we'll be talking about soda jerks, pro-forestation, California cap-and-trade, AI job interviews, and more. But first... Would you like your DNA edited right here, Mike? Ooh. Yeah. yeah well, I, got, uh, I don't know if it'll be any good. No, it won't. It's too late it's for that. It's too, way too late. <laughs> From Wired Magazine, mm-hmm. a new, less error prone DNA editor called Prime Editing could correct about 89% of the mutations that cause inherited human disease. Prime Editing can, for the first time, make virtually any alteration, additions, deletions, swapping any single letter for any other. There are actually little letters in your DNA. I know. Yeah, they're just letters. Little <laughs> letters. You know how you have alphabet soup? Yeah. They should call it DNA soup. Do it. Oh, I like it. Wow. I like it.
1: How come we didn't get the Cyrillic alphabet instead of uh, the one we got? That's
0: a long story, Mike. Yeah, name. I know. That's and a, we'll talk about that later a, that on was, the show. No. Anyway, they <laughs> they can swap any single letter For any other without severing the DNA double helix. This is amazing. Yeah. Working in human cell cultures, prime editing has already fixed the genetic glitches that cause sickle cell anemia, cystic fibrosis, and Tay-Sachs disease. Tay-Sachs is a neurological Mm -hmm. brain stem type of thing, you Mm -hmm. know. Those are just three, or more than 175 edits done by Prime Editing that were unveiled in a scientific article published this week in the journal Nature. I love Nature. You do? That's no, a great I've magazine. You, yeah. It really is. They I do a so great too. Job. Yeah. I thought you meant just in general. Well, I you like Nature? nature. I, yes. I like it, but I don't want it anywhere near me. That's all the way I feel <laughs> about Nature. <laughs> okay. How about you, Ma? You like? I'm, you? I'm, well, you yeah, love, love Nature. Loves <laughs> nature. <laughs> Are there any drawbacks to this prime editing? Well, one problem is, is that prime editors are huge in molecular terms. They're so big that they won't pack up neatly into the viruses researchers use to shuttle editing components into cells. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like there's not enough room in the cab. Yeah. These molecular prime editing big boys might even clog a microinjection needle. That could make prime editing a lot less practical than existing techniques. But it's still out there, and my guess is they're going to figure out a yes, way. Yes, they it. yes, yeah. they will. Yes,
1: they. now that they know that it's they, yeah. can, they can make it work, and there's a lot of money in this research, so somebody will figure it out.
0: You know, like a little Coke, Mike? Oh uh, Yeah, please. Really? Actually, no. Coke is bad for you. Yes, it is. The sugary substance yes. that used to have cocaine in it. But now it's just brown sugar water. Sugar water. God knows what else is in it. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I never liked that stuff. Every once in a while, I'll have a real cane sugar Coke. Like once every three or four years. Yeah. You know, the the ones they make in Mexico. Oh, right. They don't have the corn syrup in it. Right. And they're they're a kick, but still, I I don't go, wow, I really miss that. Yeah.
1: There were two soft drinks as I was growing up, as the formative years. for. Seven up? Nope. Nope. Root beer. Oh yeah, A and and W root beer, which yeah. is just or Hires. Hires was good. Yeah. You're right. And the other one I got hooked on for a long time was Orange Crush.
0: I like a little cream soda every once oh, in a while, yes. just for that's, fun. Yeah, that's a, a nice. pastrami sandwich. Yeah. and a cream soda. From the Intercept, a leaked audio reveals how Coca-Cola is a jerk company. Yes, a soda yeah. jerk soda company. Jer-
1: yes,
0: audio from a meeting of recycling nonprofits. In other words, I had a bunch of people from recycling nonprofits, yes. recycling leaders, as mm-hmm. they say, mm-hmm. reveals how Coke's green, in quotes, yes. green yes. philanthropy, helped squelch what could have been an important tool in fighting the plastic crisis. A bottle bill or a container deposit law, same thing there, which would require beverage companies to tack a charge onto the price of their drink to be refunded after it's returned. That's you remember that stuff? yes. Coke not only opposed backing the bill, but threatened to cut its recycling donations if a bottle bill was promoted. In other words, they would no longer fund any of these green organizations. And the reason they're doing that anyway is just to promote themselves and make them look like good guys. They're greenwashing.
1: That's right, greenwashing. It's the price Uh, of doing business.
0: Yeah. States with bottle bills recycle about 60% of their bottles and cans. States without bottle bills, only 24%. Right. It's a big difference.
1: Yes, it's a huge difference.
0: And states that have bottle bills also have an average of 40% less beverage container litter. But bottle bills put some of their cost of recycling back on the companies that produce the waste, which is why Coke and other soda companies have fought against them. Coke doesn't want to be responsible. Right. Actually, Coke pioneered the bottle recycling system when they had glass bottles. There you go. In 1948, when Coke drinkers put down a deposit about half of what they paid for the drink, they returned some 96% of the glass bottles that they used.
1: When I was a kid, that was a big deal yeah. to gather up Coke bottles and take them into the liquor They made system. great
0: vases, too. Yes. I remember I oh, used to yeah. use them as a teen yes. to put little roses in yeah. and stuff like
1: that. And they didn't destroy the environment as they yeah. degraded
0: But all that changed after Coke shifted to plastic bottles in the 1950s. I remember they had glass longer than the 50s. Me too. too. Maybe they did a a slow shift. As the waste piled up, the public began to push the company to deal with it, but Coke attacked the efforts and blamed their customers, the Coke drinkers. Oh, that's a sweet thing to do for the problem. In 1968, when state and federal legislation was proposed that would have made deposits on non-returnable containers mandatory, Coke didn't lobby against it, at least publicly. Instead, it was the National Soft Drink Association, funded by Coke, yeah. that did the dirty work to defeat the bill. At the same time, Keep America Beautiful was telling people, that was a campaign back there, I remember. and, you know, good thought and everything, but they were telling people that keeping America beautiful is your job. Yeah. Not these big companies who are producing the waste, but you, you have to worry about where you're going to put it. Those who failed at the job of keeping America beautiful were called litter bugs. Ooh. Yeah. If
1: you don't like all the litter in the world, look in the mirror.
0: Wow. That's... Coca-Cola now makes 117 billion plastic bottles a year and was responsible for more plastic waste than any company in 2018. And yet they're telling us it's our problem. That's right. Why don't you just stop making the drink? This is a pattern in business. There are dozens of
1: examples of industries that have been able to greenwash their problems away.
0: I'd like to see an ad that's for water. You know, somebody drinking a glass of water and goes, "Damn, that's, <laughs> that's good water. That's good water. Yeah. Yes. Hey, did you hear that the Trump administration State Department probe of Clinton's emails found no deliberate mishandling of that- classified information? But Nathan... Yeah? Hillary
1: is evil and venal and yeah. horrible because... Sean Hannity told me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Don't mention Sean Hannity's name. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I forgot. Sorry, Mom. The
1: incident he had. Want a little
0: avocado? Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No Coke, but you'll have an avocado. I like
1: avocado. They're good. Good for your skin. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. A recent U.S. warning that it could withdraw its avocado orchard inspectors freaked out the $2.4 billion a year avocado export industry in Mexico. The Mexican state of Michoacan has an avocado boom (laughs) fueled by hungry avocado eaters in the U.S. Their Mm. boom has raised parts of western Mexico out of poverty in just 10 years. Avocado orchards can earn far more than any other legal or illegal crop. That's amazing. That is amazing. They could be growing marijuana. Oh, that stuff. Yeah. Marijuana. Marijuana. Yeah. I read they can do that. But unfortunately, the money down there has attracted gangs and hyper violent cartels. These are avocado cartels that have hung bodies from bridges and pushed around police forces. Some growers are forming anti avocado smuggling vigilante groups. God. The situation went international in mid-August when a U.S. Department of Agricultural team of inspectors was directly threatened in Michoacan. Gang robbed a truck. The inspectors were traveling in at gunpoint. The withdrawal of U.S. inspectors could block shipments and devastate the avocado industry. Mexico supplies about 43% of world avocado exports, almost all of them from Michoacan.
1: There was a a couple of months ago, there was uh, the Trump administration trade war with Mexico that kicked in. Yeah. And for a couple of, about a month, six weeks, avocados went from like a dollar an avocado to about $3 an avocado because we were bringing in other sources for our avocados. You're going to
0: plant a tree in your yard. Right. And avocado is not a bad choice.
1: Right. Yeah. It's hard to understand. I know Obrador has been the president of Mexico for about a year, give or take. Yeah. His whole regime was going to be based on anti-corruption, weeding out all of the systemic violence in the country. I don't know if he's making any progress, but it sure feels like there isn't a lot being d- done to stem this level of anarchy.
0: If this news makes you want some guacamole... May I recommend a donation to KUCI to satisfy your craving? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio at 88.9 FM, KUCI.org. From the Grist. Mm-hmm. William Muma. Mm-hmm. Bill Muma. Has had a distinguished career as a physical chemist and environmental scientist, serving as lead author on five reports of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And he's all behind pro-forestation, which is leaving older and middle-aged forests intact because of their superior carbon capture abilities. Yes, oh. that makes sense. While Muma applauds planting billions of young trees, He says that preserving existing mature forests will have an even more profound effect on slowing global warming in the coming decades. And that's when we need to really start. I mean, you plant young trees, they're not going to do a whole lot of capturing when they're a foot tall. That's right. But mature forests can do a lot. That's right. If we manage our forests and grasslands in a different way, they could be capturing twice as much carbon dioxide. One paper found in multi-age forests of all types around the world, half of the carbon is stored in the top 1% largest diameter trees. Oh, wow. That's half. Half in the top 1%. It's almost like the uh, disparity in wealth. (laughs) (laughs) It, It is. A little bit like that, yes. Even what we think of as mature forests are still accumulating carbon because carbon makes up about roughly half of the dry weight of the wood. As trees get older, they absorb more carbon every year, and because they are bigger, they store more carbon. We always think of the Amazon as a place that's screwing up because they're taking down the forest, deforestation. But the loss of forest canopy that's greater than any other place on the planet is the southeastern United States. I did not know that. Yeah, that's nuts. Why? A little over a decade ago, the European Union declared that bioenergy like burning wood pellets, is all carbon neutral and a renewable energy resource. But since bioenergy is more expensive than all the fossil fuels, and more expensive than even wind and solar, the European Union, and especially the UK, begin giving bioenergy huge subsidies. The UK has reduced their coal use a lot, but their emissions have not been reduced at the same rate as their coal reductions would indicate because a big part of their replacement is from burning wood in the form of wood pellets that primarily come from the southeastern United States. They're claiming that they're doing all this great work over there, but a lot of it is actually putting more carbon in the atmosphere right. and depleting The carbon capture abilities of forests.
1: Right, it comes down to the definition of what's renewable. By that definition, biomass should be or this. What is
0: renewable, but how long does it it, take to renew it? Exactly. And and what it does in the meantime when you're using it as energy.
1: And at this point in what's going on with the world and climate and climate change and damage and all the rest of it, why are we still trying to figure out a legal way? To continue to put CO2 into the atmosphere. To kill ourselves. Yeah, to kill ourselves. Why are we trying to somehow rig the language in a way that makes it sound like we're doing good work and not?
0: That's crazy. And it's a double bad thing for the southeastern United States because it's the most biodiversity-rich region in North America and has more species of animals and plants than any place else. It's being decimated now. So, So what can we do? We need to compensate private landowners for leaving their forest standing. That's according to William And it makes good sense. If you're going to use your subsidies for anything, why not use them to keep the planet in good condition? We have the Trump administration right now pretty much opening up national forests to uh, logging. By the way, did I mention that the Trump administration's State Department probe of Clinton's emails found no deliberate mishandling of classified information? But that
1: just can't be true, Nathan, because after all, Hillary Clinton is responsible for everything that's wrong. Yeah, that's,
0: that can't be right. Hey, there's arguably nothing more important to human survival than access to clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. <laughs> Sorry, from Axios. You know that place, uh-huh. Axios. Yeah, yeah. Aging water treatment systems, failing pipes, and a slew of unregulated contaminants threaten to undermine water quality in U.S. cities of all sizes. That means New York and uh, Barstow. <laughs> <laughs> Most water systems aren't designed to focus on health. They're focused on cost containment, says Seth whose book Troubled Water looks at the precarious state of water infrastructure in the U.S., whatever goes down the sink, shower, washing machine, and toilet is transferred to one of about 14,000 U.S. wastewater treatment plants. While those plants are good at neutralizing sewage microorganisms that can make people sick or pollute waterways, they can miss chemicals, especially pharmaceuticals. That's not good. No. Essentially, we have older systems at work trying to clean up contaminants and we need to improve our treatment facilities. That's right. Meanwhile city leaders are reluctant to raise water rates to pay for pipe upgrades because taxes. Yeah. I never get that. Taxes are good things. You know, people always come up to me with petitions and they say, Well, you won't have to pay more taxes And I'll say, But I like to pay taxes <laughs> and they go, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> No, dude. That's how I We're even able to stand here together because you probably drove your car on a road to get here. You probably don't even live in the city, so you probably put in 20 miles on pavement that was paid for with taxes. And you probably had a glass of water this morning, and the infrastructure that brought that water to you came from taxes.
1: This is the part of the discussion that we don't have, which is... We can pretend like our infrastructure is not decaying. We can pretend like our water system is not in disrepair and not cleaning out the chemicals and the pharmaceuticals that it should and could be doing. And then we can deal with the consequences of people in declining health, in dealing with all kinds of other issues that will come along with us not taking care of it, which will cost a lot more than it would to
0: take care of this at the source. (sighs) Siegel argues for consolidation of water utilities that are currently 51,535 drinking water utilities in the U.S. There are 51,535 drinking water utilities in the U.S. That's about 16 for every county. Such a large number of utilities slows down the adoption of new technologies, the replacement of failing pipes, and the retention of trained engineers. Utility management should be decoupled from municipal policies, too. System upgrades will soon be necessary no matter what. Yes, absolutely. There are 1.1 million miles of old water mains carrying drinking water across the country, and at least 240,000 of them break every year. So let's update so we can have clean tap water instead of buying plastic bottled drinking water all the time. I believe
1: the state of California should have a water czar waters are. We need to have someone who can oversee this extremely complex yeah. jurisdiction. There are dozens of water companies, districts in L.A. County. Yeah. I became familiar with this issue when I was working there. It is absolutely crazy how many water districts yeah. there are. And the minute people turn on their tap and either no water comes out or water comes out that's polluted. I got two words for you. Yeah. Flint, Michigan... And there are dozens and dozens of Flint Michigans around the country right now. So I can't think of an issue that is more relevant and immediate than water and our, our ability to drink clean water.
0: You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. Stream us live on TuneIn or go to (sighs) KUCI.org. A whole bunch of unusually warm water has formed in the northeastern Pacific Ocean, Scientists are worried that it could devastate sea life in the area and fuel the formation of harmful algal blooms. Those things are nasty. They just suffocate. Yep. Any other living thing? The Northeast Pacific Marine Heat Wave of 2019 was first detected in early June. Now data from weather satellites show it measures seven times the size of Alaska. So the hot patch is over 4 million square miles. Bigger than China. Given its size and location, the marine heat wave rivals the 2014 heat wave known as the Blob, which occupied roughly the same region of the Pacific and became known for triggering widespread die-offs of marine animals, including seabirds and California sea lions. It's likely that global warming will exacerbate heat waves in the future given the excessive amounts of heat oceans have absorbed in recent years. And you say to yourself. How much is that, Nathan? How much is that, it's Nathan? It's equivalent to five Hiroshima bombs a second, exploding continuously from 1993 to the present. That's 350 terawatts. <coughs> Seabirds and sea lions have been some of the most obvious victims of marine heat waves, but the negative consequences of unusually warm water can be seen throughout the marine food chain from plankton the tiny organisms that form the foundation of the food chain to whales. Ah, mother. Whale, whales. The Trump administration sued California over its efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, taking aim at the cap-and-trade program. The Trump Department of Justice accused California. Remember, that's that's William Barr. Yes. That's a mafia lawyer. He's the consigliere. The Trump uh, Department of Justice accused California of unlawfully entering into an agreement with the Canadian province of Quebec to cap greenhouse gas emissions and require companies to buy pollution credits, saying because Canada is a foreign country and foreign relations are reserved exclusively for the federal government. That's what they say. You know, that whole concept is just BS. Yeah, that, it is. That, that states or cities can't have some kind of foreign policy. They have sister cities. Right. They can get relationships. We have a relationship going with China. Right. That's in business-wise. We do it all the time. Right. The only problem is, is this is running contrary to what Trump wants to push business-wise. Right. So he wants to limit what California can do. Cap-and-trade plays a prominent role in California's goal of cutting greenhouse gas emissions to fight climate change. This latest attack shows that the White House has its head in the sand when it comes to climate change and serves no purpose other than continued political retribution, according to California Governor Newsom. You know Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Yeah. The cap-and-trade program was created as a market-based solution to fight climate change under a 2006 law signed by Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Wow. The state has since adopted even more emissions reductions targets and extended cap and trade by another decade.
1: While I have issues with cap and trade, yeah. I want to point out the hypocrisy of the Republicans on this particular issue, which is they're the ones who are always talking about a business-based solution to these kinds of issues. And secondly, whatever happened to states' rights, kids, yeah. you know, the ability of states to make their way. This is an example of the hypocrisy uh, of the yeah. Republican Party.
0: The design of the Constitution requires that the federal government be able to speak with one voice on behalf of the U.S. in matters of foreign affairs, the Trump lawsuit argues. Yeah, right. But attorneys at California's Air Resources Board were aware of those limitations and crafted the cap-and-trade system carefully so as not to violate federal authority. California's cap-and-trade program is structured as a recognition of pollution credits between governments without binding enforcement mechanisms that would rise to the level of an international treaty. So it's a handshake agreement, essentially. Yeah, we're just saying we agree with you, we're going to do the same thing, and that way our trade opens up a little bit.
1: We're not going to send in the California National Guard to enforce this particular policy on Canada.
0: God, the Trump administration is just horrendous. Yeah. The lawsuit is more of a warning shot to scare off other states that might be considering saving the planet. Even if California loses, the state market could continue to operate, but with a smaller pool of emitters and credits, that would make it more expensive for businesses and could discourage other governments from joining the system. From the Hill, U.S. Senate Republicans blocked three election security bills, marking the second time in as many days they stop legislation. It's the do-nothing Republicans. Yep. Democratic Senators Mark Warren, Amy Klobuchar, and Ron Wyden asked for a unanimous consent to pass three election-related bills, but they were blocked by Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, who probably got directions from Moscow Mitch. Okay. Under Senate rules, any one senator can ask to vote on or pass a bill, but because it requires unanimous support, any one senator can also block their requests, and that's what happened here. House Democrats have passed several election related bills, including a sweeping ethics and election reform measure, but they've all hit the wall in the Republican controlled Senate, which is controlled by Russia. That's what it sounds like. I it mean, does. it really does. What... Why, why the hell wouldn't this get passed? This, this is Senate? election security. This is election security. <laughs> yeah remember the Republicans looked into it they had their own Senate committee investigating election security and they found that Russians were involved in throwing the election this was
1: William Burr and Mark Warner's committee and they came to the conclusion that Nathan yep. just articulated which is that the Russians interfered with our election despite the fact that President Assad was saying no and so they at least have some level of independent thinking in the Senate and by the way we're finding out more and more Republicans have been taking Russian exactly. money how
0: long ago do you and I say that Mike about two and a half years ago yes I believe. at least Democratic Senator Warner, the vice chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee tried to pass legislation that would require campaign officials to report contracts with foreign nationals who are trying to make donations or coordinate with the campaign to the Federal Election Commission, which in turn would notify the FBI. The law simply requires the candidate to report a foreign national who comes along and offers something that's already illegal. You just have to report when somebody does something that they shouldn't be doing. They teach kids to do that in school. That's right. But Republicans continue to prevent us from having secure elections.
1: And after the fact that every intelligence agency in government established that the Russians were actively seeking to affect our election in favor of one particular candidate and to the detriment of another candidate, they were actively working on doing that. This is just... uh, If this uh,
0: is all news to you, you're uh, listening to the wrong source. You know Mark Zuckerberg? I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. Hey, Mahler, what do you think of Mark Zuckerberg? A little concerned, I think. Mark Zuckerberg spoke before Congress after delivering a freedom of speech speech at Georgetown University, where he revealed himself to be ignorant and self-absorbed. Yeah. People having the power to express themselves at scale is a new kind of force in the world, Zuckerberg said about Facebook and social media. Well, yeah, it's the Fifth Estate, he said, alongside the other power structures in society. Zuckerberg was using the counterculture term Fifth Estate. Beginning in the 1960s, the Fifth Estate referred to alternative media in the U.S., The news media is the fourth estate, and Zuckerberg believes Facebook should not be held to the same standards of civic responsibility as the news media. I don't know why. In other words, Zuckerberg wants free speech as long as he doesn't bear any of the responsibility for it. That's pretty much it. It's just another business who doesn't want to own up to what they're doing. Like Coke. Right. 67% of Facebook users get their news on Facebook.
1: A frightening number. Yeah. It
0: It, is the news media then, if that's where they're getting their news. It's frightening. Facebook should accept some responsibility for the quality of information it feeds its users. Instead, the Facebook using public has been exposed to a crapload of misinformation. Right. It's okay for politicians and Russians and Putins to lie on Facebook. That's pretty much Zuckerberg's policy. He claims that he's enabling people to see politicians lie. That's his logic on that. Well, if they lie, then you know they're lying. What do you mean we know? Apparently in the last election, the majority didn't know. Zuckerberg has established some standards. Facebook will not allow ads that target voter suppression. When he testified before Congress, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez seized on this by pointing out that by lying about a candidate's record, you discourage people who otherwise might have gone out to vote for them. Right. So if you're lying about somebody, how is that not? Voter suppression. Voter suppression, exactly. In fact, that's exactly what happened in 2016. The Russians specifically targeted black voters with disinformation geared toward discouraging them from voting. A big chunk of Facebook's activity now revolves around conservative sources serving conservative information to conservative Facebook users. Conservative posts and pages dominate Facebook distribution, yet conservatives whine about how conservatives are oppressed on social media. The one thing we should really keep in mind about
1: the Republicans, and Trump in particular, is every time they bitch about something, 99% of the time, it's exactly what they're guilty of doing. Did you hear Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez take him apart? Yeah. She said, well, what if I put out an ad that says a a Republican opponent in a race supports the Green New Deal? Yeah.
0: Which He couldn't answer that. He really couldn't. He couldn't. Casio cortez also wondered why the Daily Caller, which has a habit of employing people with ties to white nationalism, is a rubber-stamped fact-checker for Facebook. Is that right? Yeah. It's one of many, but nevertheless, it is. Our own Katie, Katie Porter, yes. went after Zuckerberg. She's uh, Irvine's congressional representative from the 45th District. Right. And uh, she asked him if he'd be willing to spend an hour a day acting as a Facebook content monitor right. to see all the crap that goes on on Facebook. And he said it wouldn't be uh, the best use of his time. I think it would be the best use of his time. I think about a week doing that solidly would be a great use of his time. So he gets his head out of his, uh, what Gavin Newsom would say, sand. <laughs> if you
1: want to know what that is, there's a documentary called The Cleaners. And essentially, these social media outfits are hiring tens of thousands of predominantly Asian, in the Philippines mostly, of people who sit around all day long, and all they do is monitor the internet, yeah. looking for videos of people being killed, yeah. all kinds of horror. And as Katie asked Zuckerberg...
0: Yeah, why don't you look at what you're putting out there? Exactly. That's pretty much what she's That's saying.
1: What, and also these workers who are traumatized by watching this stuff all day long, Facebook has denied them access to health care based on their post-traumatic stress symptoms that they're experiencing after
0: several months of watching this stuff. Meanwhile, Sasha Barra Cohen, you know him, right? Yes, I do. Borat, he uh, went after Zuckerberg, too. If Zuckerberg owned a fancy restaurant and four neo-Nazis came goose-stepping into the dining room and were talking loudly about wanting to kill Jewish scum, would Zuckerberg serve them an elegant eight-course meal or would he tell them to get the F out of his restaurant? It's the same thing, said Cohen. Zuckerberg has every legal right, indeed, a moral duty to tell them to get the F out of his restaurant. And not only that, this is a private business that he's running here. It's not the government. It has nothing to do with the First Amendment. Hey, from the Washington Post. <laughs> An artificial intelligence hiring system has become a powerful gatekeeper for some of America's most prominent employers, reshaping how companies assess their workforce. Designed by the recruiting technology firm HireVue, the system uses candidates' computer or cell phone cameras to analyze their facial movements, word choice, and speaking voice before ranking them against other applicants based on employability algorithms. That sounds horrible. These AI-driven assessments have become so pervasive in some industries, including hospitality and finance, that universities make special efforts to train students on how to look and speak to impress the algorithm." Well, that's just great. Robots. More than 100 employers now use the system, including Hilton and Goldman Sachs, and more than a million job seekers have been analyzed. As far as I'm concerned, this is discrimination. It's an unfounded blend of superficial measurements and arbitrary number crunching that is not rooted in scientific fact. Analyzing a human being like this could end up penalizing non-native speakers, visibly nervous interviewees, mm-hmm. not to mention philosophy majors, <laughs> and people who don't want to be part of a homogenous corporate monoculture of automatons. They want everybody to act and look and smile the same.
1: In the most non-threatening
0: way possible. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Did I mention the Trump administration, the State Department probe of Clinton's emails found no deliberate mishandling of classified information?
1: Well, Nathan, that just can't be true.
0: <laughs> and finally, yes. a cat in Russia that had been used to smuggle drugs into a prison south of Moscow was considered evidence in a subsequent trial... The cat was going to be used in a drug-running demonstration. Got it. But before the cat could appear in court, she ran away after her cage, and a nearby kennel was opened, and a group of dogs chased her out. <laughs> you can subscribe to the Weekly Signals weekly review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com Subscribe now.